Welcome to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. I'm Rhiannon. I'm Melissa. We're just two behavior analysts owning and improving our imperfect behavior. Welcome back to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. If this is your first time with us, we are behavior analysts working on our imperfect behaviors with some behavior analytic skills. And I'm kind of uh, excited for this episode because when I was thinking about the content, I thought how much I like free stuff. And free reinforcers are the number one top thing because there's this thing in behavior analysis called non-contingent reinforcers. And it's basically what you get for free without a string attached. It's like there's, we talk all the time about like reinforcers for work and reinforcers for undesirable tasks, but non-contingent things are freebies that you get for absolutely nothing at all. Just because you're a good person. (laughs) They just come from the world, (laughs) from the universe. Let me give this to myself for surviving the last hour. So um, in those freebies that we give ourselves, shocker, I want to talk about me. (laughs) I want to talk about my favorite guilty pleasures that I give myself. And you can tell us things that you give yourself. Okay. All right. So guilty pleasure number one. What is your guilty pleasure show to watch? Um, Currently, right now, it's probably Teen Mom. (laughs) I've been following them for years, and I don't like leaving things, like, um, unfinished. So there's really no reason I need to keep watching it, but because I've watched it for, I don't know, since I was a teenager, I need to, like, continue with their story. I've never seen it. Literally Uh not one episode. That makes me sad for you. (laughs) But yeah, so that's probably one of them. But I watch all kinds of shows like that. Just kind of mindless TV time. I think because I don't have to think and it's just there. And I can multitask usually when I'm watching. I think it's good sometimes too, though, to like escape from the things that you find familiar and you liken to and to my knowledge you are not a teen mom (laughs) no not at all i made it i made it through that part of my life (laughs) oh that's funny so my guilty pleasure show that i like to watch is paternity court Ooh, (laughs) fascinating um Again, something I don't find familiar or, or, you know, any attachment to my life. I don't know why I like it. I think I've always been drawn to, like, those, like, dramatic, over-the-top things, though, because I find them so ridiculous. And I kind of know what you mean, though, about needing to complete it, because those episodes are unnecessarily long. I don't know if you've ever seen them. (laughs) But they're really long just for, like, the one answer. So sometimes I'll watch the first couple minutes of it to get a a good grasp of what their story is and then zoom to the end just to find out the paternity results oh there's a show i do that with and i can't think of it but i do the same thing like i get the meat of it and then Mm -hmm. i like fast forward to the end just after i watched so many seasons of married at first sight i did that oh you know what i think i think it's like the house ones where i get to see like when they go find the house but i don't need to see them like which one they do it all out well that or like 
when they're building it and designing it. I'm like, no, just I just need to see the last piece of it yeah. all together. I don't need to see how they did it. Just yeah. Do you have any other shows um, well, that you watch? That when it's com- yeah. Well, that kind of triggers in my brain. The other things that I really like that are so like opposite of my life are um, what's the show? It's not called Addict. It's called Intervention. Intervention. Yes. Oh, I could watch that for days. Yeah. Um, that's a good one for me. Gangland. I used to watch all the time. Things that go against the norms of society, like, I'm really fascinated by. So I could just... Because I want to understand it. Yeah. Because it's... I guess I'm a rule follower in the general sense of society. So for me, it's like, how? Like, how does this all work? And it's just... I just need to, like, know all about it. So that yeah. those are shows that I could watch for hours. My husband's like, I don't understand. Like, well, you don't relate to this at all. Yeah. I guess, like, with the rule followers being that, like, rule-governed person that, because I'm the same way, you tell me that it's wrong to do something. I don't need to feel the consequences. I'm, I'm good with you just kind of, like, warning me what they are. But another show where there's a lot of contingency-based people where they need to feel the consequences is Dr. Phil. And oh, yes. I told you I like this one because those people are a hot mess and it is kind of just this weird show why do these people do these things but dr fell is awesome i saw a carpool karaoke with megan trainer and caught that one her idol was dr phil and at the end of the episode like dr phil got into the car and surprised her oh how fun megan trainer is living my best life (laughs) so he um I think he has his own podcast, or he was on the Joe Rogan podcast that my husband mm-hmm. listens to all the time, and it was actually so different than how he has to be on the show, because it's controlled by the network, mm-hmm. and so he can get a lot more into things that he cannot do on the show, so you might want to check out, I think it's a podcast, and I know he has an episode of Joe Rogan, so if you like Dr. Phil, <laughs> shout out to him and go check out his <laughs> other material. <laughs> Um, okay, so guilty pleasures that you eat. So what are some foods or snacks that you give yourself for freebies every now and then? Um, well, I like to say it's every now and then. <laughs> I've been very good as of the last six weeks. But ice cream, I could eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I have specific flavors from, like, each place. Okay. And I don't go against those things. Like, so Baskin-Robbins, it's going to be mint chip. And peanut butter chocolate. Always in those combinations. Never going to get anything else. And then if I go to like a frozen yogurt place, I always get the vanilla and the chocolate and then their fruit option with like strawberries, kiwis, the chocolate sprinkles. And I think that's it. But like, it's just, and my husband's like, you never like venture away. Like once you're set and it's like perfect in your mind, I'm like, yeah, it's perfect. I don't need to change it. And I won't fear different from any other option. So, um... You know what you like that I always have found to be really bizarre? That I like? Yeah. What? It's pie. Oh, like, I love pie. I don't understand it. I don't find pie to be gross, but I just don't find it to be something that is what I would pick out off of a menu. Yeah, I like to make my own pies, though. I probably oh. wouldn't pick at a restaurant, but I like to make my own pie. But I like all desserts. Yeah. And <laughs> just like sugar. I'm addicted to sugar. And then the other one... This is bigger when I lived in California, and you might remember when you lived there, but maybe not because you don't like sugar. But 
the donuts, the California donuts. My friends that live there, my friends that know me and my family, like they literally fly them out when they come here. A pink box of California donuts, yeah, or do when, or when I get picked up at the airport, like they hand me my do- box of donuts, and yeah. like that's just like ah. Well, that was. I feel like throughout quarantine, with the groups that have popped up on Facebook, there was like half of the group must have been from the West Coast because they were like, okay, people, has anybody seen the pink donuts? I know. And so many people don't know unless you're from yeah. California. Cause and it really is. It's a just, very, um, it's almost theater. Like, this is what you see in movies is like the pink donut mm-hmm. box. Can't get that here. You just have Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. And like cake donuts that you can put your own toppings on. Yeah. And I want nothing to do with it. California has it. I remember going to the San Diego Fair, though, and having these deep-fried booths where they would just deep-fry an Oreo, deep-fry a pickle, deep-fry, yeah. like, they don't a really, shoelace. I haven't been to I mean? the Virginia State Fair, but the North Carolina State Fair, I went one year for my birthday, and that was, they had all that stuff. Yeah, it makes me sad because I don't get donuts anymore. Um, so I guess the only guilty pleasure food that I have off the top of my head that maybe some people would think is like odd or weird, I make this fancy sauce with just like a plethora of condiments mixed together. Is this like the curry stuff you made me the one time? No, no, that's curry. <laughs> that's- no, but it was so good. It's- that's curry. I don't definitely <laughs> like curry, though. Um, I was just trying to be nice. <laughs> but it was delicious. No, I haven't made that in a long time. I should do that again. But no, this is just like a vegan mayonnaise and maybe some like Dijon mustard and maybe a little bit of like, maple syrup. And you mix it all together. <laughs> and I could literally dip anything in it because condiments my thing anyways i just i don't know if it was like the habit of dipping or no you know i'm not like a big foodie so i don't like yeah. taste the taste and savor main it. opposite thing in but, our friendship <laughs> um so when i started dieting like condiments was the first thing that really had to go because i realized i was eating my body weight in condiments a day <laughs> so but special sauce every now and then makes it come back. Ooh. My husband thinks it's disgusting, but I think it is delicious because maple syrup is like the food of my people. Yeah. So you would probably pick like a savory crepe over like a dessert crepe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know where my tastes lie anymore. They used to be sugary, but I've done pretty well of like kicking the sugar so I don't crave it. Like I used to. You'd be so proud of me. I think I've had three desserts in six weeks, which, if you know me, that is a huge accomplishment. And I really haven't had, like they call the sugar dragon, like coming after me Mm -hmm. all the time. I don't know why. It would be great if this stuck, but knowing my past relationship with sugar, I know it will come back. But as of right now, it's under control. But also, what's happening in my life is, like, we're keeping the house clean. Yeah. And so that's such a big stressor in my life that it just throws me off. That I think because I'm able to kind of keep up with my house, like, I don't even have laundry to do right now. Like, everyone has one basket. And when it gets to the top, you take it out and you wash it. Like, this is all all new. <sighs> but it's, like, helped me just regulate that such a big stressor in my life so that I don't need to go unwind 
yeah. sugar. So I don't know. I'm wondering if there's a correlation there. Maybe. That's interesting. So I guess the last guilty pleasure we can talk about is um, an activity that you do. I'm a little bit on the bougie side at times. So if there's something like I need to go relax, I don't always do this because I don't have the money for it, but like a good spa day. If I'm on vacation, I'm booking myself a spa day. Like that's like, I need that on my vacation. I thank my mom for treating me all these years. (laughs) So that's just kind of my thing. But that, I can just like get away. I can like zen out. I'll sit there in the little room as long as they let me as long as my husband will like let me be there but so is it like the massages that you like or i think i just like overall like like, ambiance the overall ambiance it always smells good it's calm there's (laughs) not a lot of distraction i typically like when there's like a spa because you know i'm obsessed with like jacuzzis but speaking of freebies i just got a freebie of one of those (laughs) which was like the best gift my husband could ever find so now like, I have one. I was like, whoa, I wonder if I even need to go to the spa. Maybe it's just the hot tub that yeah. I, like, really like and have been dying for for years. And, again, it's, like, kind of one of those things. Like, I don't spend a lot of money on things like that yeah. at all. I always just, you know, get the Target brand or whatever. Um, so I think that's the one thing I can do for myself that's kind of higher up there, more bougie, that yeah. I do for myself that I know I can't do all the time. So I just really treasure it when I'm there. I guess I've not been enough to spas to really we like. Could change that. <laughs> we could change that. I mean, we might need to change my paycheck first, right? But I, I have gotten. I think at this point, probably like three massages total in my life, and I, I think I'm just too picky with them. I dislike the light, delicate. Touches, even if I tell them like deep tissue as far as you can (laughs) go, (laughs) make my bones break. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, so I guess the one the massages that I have enjoyed are like the more like forceful. So interesting. Yeah, I don't like when they talk. If they talk to me, I'm just like, you just ruined my whole time. And I'm too nice (laughs) to like tell them to like stop talking, please. Like, and then it's just ruined. Yeah. Oh. That's such a wasted, like, two hours of my life, and I get so mad. Um, so I try to just really, in the beginning, like, limit the conversation so they can kind of catch the vibe that I'm not a talker. So let me be. <laughs> just pretend you're deaf. Yeah. <laughs> Can't hear you. Walk away, like, just start signing something. Um, so I guess for my guilty pleasure activity, I the only one I keep going back to in my head is Disney World. Oh, like, yes, you are, like, a, a secret Disney. I Yeah, I don't know if it's, like, I keep it a secret. It's just not – because, again, you're so infrequent about it. Like, if I went all the time – I mean, to you, I go all the time. To me, I don't go enough. <laughs> well, it's, I say secret because, again, I grew up in California, 20 minutes from Disneyland. So yeah. it was – very common because it was way more affordable than to go all the time and yeah. for all my friends to have season passes and that's just what we did. It's, yeah, I guess it's like bush but, gardens here. Right, but I've had friends that are like, I don't know, is there a word for them? Like the Disney <laughs> tears where they just like Disney everything yeah. and they only vacation at Disney. So it's funny when you say that because I'm like, oh yeah, you like 
you don't have it all over your house, but yet I know that if you were going to plan a vacation, you could go to Disneyland I'm, or Disney World. When I'm you would go at Disney World, I'm already planning my next vacation. <laughs> I wish I could that's, get my husband to go. That's where we're at. Um, and I, I remember telling my sister one time, I was like, I need to make a T-shirt that says like already planning my next Disney oh. trip. Um, yeah, and I'm really, really bummed because this year our trip to Disney got canceled, and I don't know. But, like, the, you find the lines reinforcing. Like, what's reinforcing there? Just everything about it? I think the it's, magic honestly, of it. It, it's the ambiance. Like, it yeah. is the overall feel of there. There Now, I have been at different times uh, throughout the year, and when we went uh, around spring break, I think it was around March, it had a very different feel because the crowds were different. There were a lot, like, of more, you know... Um, single kids and groups of teenagers and stuff like that rather than families. But typically when we go any other time of the year, you find one angry person in a group of a hundred. <laughs> and I just feel like everybody's happier there. We could do a whole podcast and we should look into this about all the things that they do in that park to create this ambiance but, like, how they pump the smell of popcorn out to get mm-hmm. people to buy it. And they extra salt their popcorn. Okay. Like, all behavioral stuff that they do to, like, entice the audience and why they're, like, in this, like, dream world when they're in there. Yeah. I have I have an idea. It's a dream job. I'm not going to say it. So, no. don't steal my idea. Don't but... say it. Turn your phones off. <laughs> um, okay. So... We talked about non-contingent reinforcers and those things that you kind of, like, freely give yourself. Um, I just want to say, to add to the non-contingent reinforcement and how we also use it, like, in the field, is, like, a good example is, like, our attention-seeking kids. So we know that they have a limit where they can sit there quietly for, I don't know, probably five minutes before they start engaging in some type of behavior that we don't necessarily want to see. So... We'll go give them ahead of time knowing their limit's like five minutes. So we'll come kick in at like that four minute mark and start filling up their cup of attention, right? We go in, we like give them high fives, we like give them so much attention to hopefully push back that time and when they're going to start engaging in that behavior we don't necessarily want to see. So we can, we say it's like freebies because we know what what they need to fill their cup. So we go in and like give it to them ahead of time to kind of curve that other behavior. So that's kind of how we would use it more in the field, which is an awesome tool. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, so let's change gears and talk about, I guess, because I, I like that intervention. That is, I guess, like if I had to add it to my list of favorites, you know what I mean? To just a general reminder to like keep good behaviors more than um, the bad behaviors. But what are some of your other kind of like favorites, your top faves of interventions? Um, my One of my favorites is shaping a behavior. So starting with the smallest intervention or smallest part of the behavior. Mm-hmm. So like, even this morning with my client, I was doing a shape sorter. And you would think that that's already so basic, but it was really hard for my client. I'm like, okay. So then in my head, I'm like, how can I break this down even more for them to be able to do it? And there's always a way. Like, you can break things down to ridiculous amounts. So I ended up having cards that had the shape on it. So then I had to match just the 3D shape to the 2D card 
to kind of help him visually see that. And I was like, that might not even be enough. So I might have to go in and break it down even more. But that's how I've been so successful with some of my clients that have really had um, a hard time learning new skills is just breaking those skills down to like the minimum and then building from there. And Mm -hmm. you can can get so far if you can think small. And I think I do that with my own life, like trying to lose weight over quarantine. I used to do like, oh, let me get to that 10 pound mark. Like that is just too big of a number for me. (laughs) Even five pounds is too big of a number for me. So I've learned like I need to do like two pounds at a time. So I have like a chart on my wall and I literally broke it down to reward myself like after two pounds because that to me is achievable and if two pounds wasn't going to work and I was still feeling then I was going to go to like a pound or a half a pound like mm-hmm. just keep breaking it down till you can get to a point where you can reinforce the behavior and build momentum from there so that's one that I use all the time yeah kind of it kind of ties back into what we were talking about last week with reinforcing those small steps you mm-hmm. know we put up that post that said like Remember to reward for the small victories. Like, you wouldn't take a job where you got paid every six months because, like, it's too far out and the 10 pounds is too far out. I know a lot of people right now have at the forefront of how are they going to get their kids to stay on task at home because being at home is very different than being at school. And so many people back to doing, like, virtual learning, you know? And so it's like... Starting to practice early is one of my biggest, like, recommendations. Don't start the day school starts. Like, start last week and start slow. Start with a five-minute activity and exactly. build it up to an hour. Like, I know myself, and I'm, like, gun ho and be like, mm, sit down for an hour. Let's get all of our stuff done. Yeah. And I'm going to fail. The kids are going to be miserable. It needs to be, like, okay, go do the easy assignment first. Let's just go 10 minutes. Great job. Awesome. Here's a piece of candy. Take a break. Like, make it easy for yourself. And then it's more fun. And I'll even go a step further to say when you start practicing, start with an easy activity. Yes. So it's like easy activity, easy time goal. They get reinforced. You get reinforced because you didn't have to tolerate all of the mess that, like, a long, hard activity would have come. And then you could just kind of, like, grow. You know what I mean? Even if you grow by, like, two minutes every day. Just building that momentum. Yeah. And I need to be so much better about it. I think that's going to be, like, my mantra for, like, the next (laughs) few weeks to get through life. Go slow. Go slow. Find the small, like, little goals that people can achieve yeah and reward them reward them like that's my problem too is i forget to reward because again like we do this every day yet to apply it in our own homes like it's just so hard sometimes because i I feel like i leave all that behavior analysis brain like at work (laughs) and i come home i'm like it doesn't turn on anymore even though i know like how to do these things yeah do you have Uh, another one um one of my favorites is visual supports yeah you're good so I, you know, and I think because I have a lot more experience with like young kids and I do still have a child that can't read. And so having like a visual reminder sometimes, especially if you have a task, like you're talking about shaping the task. Well, what if the task kind of needs to be done in its entirety right now? Visual supports are a great way to kind of like help with that. So (sighs) How to pack this, a lunch in the for, morning. This for you, Melissa. So your lunch includes <laughs> sandwich, water, mm. and a love note. So, yes. Like, 
Anyway, not just four <laughs> snacks and like two Capri Suns. No, but, oh, that okay. wasn't on the visual support. Oh, okay. The visual support has what you wanted to have. Um, you know, and for like the older learners, like I mentioned a long time ago in one of the first episodes that I had done a visual support that was textual. So it was words because two out of three kids can read and it had a reminder of the things that they needed to do. So yeah, that's always one of my like go-tos. Another one I have is replacement behaviors. So, so many times we are constantly talking about the negative behavior that we're so angry about, but we forget to teach the replacement behavior. Why don't you, um, I don't know. Give me an example. Well, I think a lot of times it's like those um, negative words when you're like, stop doing that. Don't do that. No, you can't have that. But there's always like when there's a no, there has to be a yes. When yes. there's a can't, there has to be a can, you know, and without, like I said, trying to go down a rabbit hole, if the function of this crying is trying to gain access to something, we can't just like block out the crying and just say, well, I'm not going to reinforce that anymore. Because then what happens is the kids or, you know, anybody create this like vacuum and they're just going to insert whatever magical behavior they feel is appropriate next. And it could be worse than crying. So like you best teach a replacement that you want to see. Right. The how do I ask appropriately mm-hmm. for the food? Or like, I think I talked about last week, like the taking of the food in my house, like that's been a thing. But I have to really practice and teach the asking how to get the food. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, he, my child wants food. That's fine. We don't starve our children. Like, you can have food. Um, I have all the junk food you could ever want in my house. But just come and ask, because that helps me keep inventory of what we have when I need it and when yeah. I go to the store. So we've been really heavily focused on, okay, instead of really honing in on him taking the food, I need to really give that positive reinforcement on the asking. Okay, remember, come and ask. So instead of me saying, don't go steal the food when you go in the garage, I say, remember, when you get hungry, come and ask me for something and I will get it for you. So I'm teaching that positive behavior that I want to see more of. And then that gives up more opportunity for me to provide that reinforcement Mm -hmm. instead of going down the negative train, which we're trying to get away from. So... But yeah, trying to think when, if there's a behavior in your house that you're so sick of hearing or behavior that you're doing yourself, like me, eating dessert all the time. Okay, well, then I just don't buy it. (laughs) Or I, like, something that, like, last night I ate a terrible meal because we were just tired. And so I need to plan my meals and I need to have time to, like, prep that stuff Mm -hmm. so that I have the option of healthy food. Or cutting up the fruit so it's less daunting for me to, like, go cut it when I want to eat fruit. It's already ready to go. I just grab it and go. So things like that. But replacement behaviors <laughs> are another one of my faves. Well, hopefully you guys can take some of those with you this week. Follow us on Instagram at Imperfect Behavior or on Facebook. And we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye.